Hello and welcome to them's Fighting Words. My name's Sam Bradley. Um, my name's Robert Hughes. What a week. It's been a good one. Sports action we've been treated to. Yeah, the gods and the stars I have aligned. What's even worse is uh, I've completely forgot to put one championship on the notes. I haven't put anything on there. Shit. I'm the worst. Oh, well, we can we can do that, buddy. We can do that. You're All buddy. right. All You're right. Buddy. Yeah, do you right. want to start with UFC 242? I think we got to. It was, you know what? It was surprisingly uh, good. I think so. I think the good was good enough to outweigh the mediocre, of which there was a little bit. A lot. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Most of the prelims, bar two fights, I think. Yeah. I can, yep, pretty much. Um, So the card was headlined by Khabib Namagomedov at 155, defending. It was a title unifying out, wasn't it, against Dustin Poirier, the interim title holder. And uh, Dustin Poirier won. Just kidding. Khabib fucking mauled him for three rounds. And then obviously him out. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Man. There was, yeah, there was, there was, there was pretty much, uh, well, there were, there was a couple of moments where uh, Dustin was sort of setting the pace. I'd say the beginning of that second round, you know, it, I don't know. That's thing. I don't know. We don't, I, I don't know if he did crack him. He he definitely put him on the back foot, but whether he cracked him, that head movement was still all Khabib. You know, he yeah. Dusty couldn't really follow up with any anything. Really, he wasn't yeah. connecting with much afterwards, other than maybe a quick jab, which against a guy like Khabib, it doesn't really do much. Um, you know, and and the thing is, Khabib, his striking isn't the greatest already, but he was always returning fire, even when that was going down. That's true. I mean, it's it's minor games, isn't it? It's one of those things where you hit Khabib and you you make him even look like he's not in total fucking control of the fight. People go, oh shit, we're still talking about Michael Johnson hitting him. Yeah, two years and later. And Ike Winter still being like relatively good against him. Exactly. I mean, but like you just said, that was the word, relatively good. Yeah, Khabib relatively is the guy that makes the top contenders look like they shouldn't be contenders bang average that's, that's how average. dominant he is but that's the thing i was talking to someone the other day and it's like he he isn't an awful striker he is probably bang average Who, for the division yeah, yeah yeah but it's the fact that he is so dominant as a wrestler mm. and as a grappler that people just say he's a terrible striker but we know he's not we know he can strike. We know he can bang. Not bang, but, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to be the person that's coming in, out doing spinning back fists and, and, and yeah. following it up with a head kick. You know, he's not that sort of person who is he can just do enough. flashy. But he can do enough, and he uses it to set up very well. And then when he's on the ground, that's when his striking is unbeatable. Mm-hmm. The way that he was cutting up Poria was incredible. Yeah. You know, his boxing footwork, I'm not talking about Dustin here, I'm talking about Khabib's boxing footwork was clinical. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he was using it to set up strikes, it was because he was using it to completely shut down the octagon. And if you look at when Dustin Poirier uh, tagged him and put him on the back foot, if you watch the way Khabib still was cutting those angles, moves back, yeah, he moves back at an angle. It's weird, backwards, lateral, hoppy, jumpy, not too light, but not very heavy enough, so he can't move quick enough to get, you know, and to avoid still it. always in a position 
that as soon as Dustin were to be hesitant, he could shoot in. Shoot in and change that pace and take that tempo back. Dude, if he beats Tony Ferguson, he might be the greatest of all time. I said it. I said it right there. Last thing, I was having this discussion with someone the other day, and for me, he he's he's pretty much already there. Um, yes, obviously, John Jones is in that argument, but John Jones, in my eyes, isn't and will never be again clean. Because strong they, argument. They, they've written the whole rhetoric that even if he pisses hot, he's not. You know, this guy's pissed hot more more times than a Hiroshima survivor. Amazing. You know? There and it it's... is. That took us, what, three minutes to get us into something <laughs> horrific? Yeah. Khabib is 28-0. Straight. Ne- arguably never lost a round. Never, never pissed. Very much arguably. Maybe like... Michael Johnson. I wouldn't even Maybe. say he lost the second round against Poirier when he was looking shaky. No. God, no. No, the second round, he was just... It, 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 here's the thing. The second round was the best round for Poirier in that fight. And Khabib it took was still a terrible and, round for Poirier. Yeah, Poirier, it took Poirier like fucking three and a half minutes to get up after Khabib took and him he down. he been cut up that whole time. Oh, Khabib, God. Khabib's striking on that ground. On, like I mentioned it already. The, the, Khabib's striking on the ground is fucking ridiculous. It's the way absolutely that, what he way, the way, the way that, like, fair play to, to, to Poirier for locking in underhooks. Um, I mean, the sweat definitely played played a small role in this part, and it meant that all all Khabib was doing was limp arming and coming over the top. <laughs> yeah, it was te- it was fucking phenomenal. Like even when um, Dustin Poirier locked uh, Khabib into that guillotine. Have you um, noticed that Dustin Poirier? He's the only guy that we never just refer to him as Dustin or Poirier. We always refer to him as Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. What a beautiful when, title. When he got Khabib into that guillotine attempt. Were you nervous for Khabib? I wasn't really. Only the one uh, right at the beginning of the third round that was the one that uh, Khabib then used to pass and get the back. That was the only time that it looked like it was going to be a struggle. He used the the hardest moment in the fight to just turn around and win the fight. Yeah. That's that's the only time I would say was worrying. And you can see that on the basis that Khabib the, the way that Khabib was handling it and the way he did the sort of flop to the side, which opened up a little bit of space in the neck, but then also meant he can slide that knee a little bit further across the guard. That well, was the I time. ask you this. I ask That's you this. That's the closest this. I think Khabib has ever been to being finished. As a jiu-jitsu guy yourself, I ask you this. If you're Tony Ferguson, you see that little moment, what are you thinking? For him? Mm-hmm. Ooh. See, Ferguson. This, this this is an entirely different game because the way that Tony Ferguson works in grappling is just entirely different to literally anyone. So it's very, very hard for me to comment. You know, he's mm. for one, he works on this sort of Eddie Bravo system. I've never trained in the Eddie Bravo system, so I don't know the best way to link their systems together. That's true. That's fair. I guess for me, I don't think yeah. he would ever be shooting for that guillotine. I think he would then start using that to sort of try and get into maybe the rubber guard instead, which is where, you know, mission control for a reason. 
um, you know, what I would sort of see from him instead of closing up the guard like Poirier did, um, like looping the legs across the back. He would probably look to shoot one leg over a little bit, grab it with the other hand and then drop the other foot to the hip. That then means he can pull him towards mm. him and push him away and then start locking him for something else. Can I don't think he would ever sit in that guillotine. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, because for I one, re- if you don't get yeah. that guillotine pretty quickly and you're holding that in, Fuck it's so. the most fatiguing thing you can ever do, especially with someone like Khabib on top. Well, Khabib is now, as if there were any doubt, the, the absolute consummate lightweight. He has no intention of moving. I like that. At moving weights, he's dispatched. He, didn't, as have, said. he did not have an issue making weight. I don't know why people uh, are saying it, but he had no issue whatsoever making that weight. He has dispatched world class opponents in a manner that makes them look thoroughly average. Mm-hmm. Many more opponents will come, and they too, regardless of quality, will Think be dispatched moment, the next in, in a line similar manner. Be, yeah, the next in line has to be Tony Ferguson. Fifth um, yeah, fifth time for us. What was it? It's been five years in the making now. 20, 20 was it 2014, 2015? They tr- first made the fight, and then uh, Tony had to drop to out. Then it was the finale, and Khabib had broken his rib or something way yeah, back with that first, the first time. One. Then it was Ferguson dropped out. Then it was Khabib with weight issues. Then it was then Tony it was with leg. Yeah, and every single time they've gone off and had two consequent wins, or you know, and then come back to it. I tell you what does make sense. I tell you what does make sense now. Who does? Who who, who do you think? Yeah. Has to be. Or, or, Gregor, the other one I would suggest is Paul Felder. The Irish Dragon versus the Irish Snob. I knew it was a setup. I fucking walked straight into that one, didn't I? Like, McGregor into that shovel hook. Bada bing, bada boom. Do you want to kick down? Shabang. Let's drop down to Paul Felder, Edson Barboza. What? A fight, a really incredible fight for me. Um, a lot of people saying a still again, it's that split decision, it could have gone either way in that last round. Um, you know, the first round, pretty much, I would say, kind of solid Barboza. Mm-hmm. I'd say second round is where it gets, pardon the pun, cagey. Um, could go either way. Uh, Barboza started strong. Mm-hmm. At, Felder sort of finishing a lot better and in that third round all Felder Um, I had it maybe maybe I know we've talked about this before on the show Barboza got that takedown but Felder had already rocked Barboza with that right hand before being taken down so where do you draw the fucking line or for me, we we know Barboza is not much of a grappler where he likes to specialize in striking game so for me it actually said a lot more for the benefits of Felder that Barboza was having to resort to that, regardless of the fact that it was successful. It was a small fact that Barboza had to go to what was probably not even his A, B or C game. He's looking way down in the list for when he's looking for takedowns. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's an act. Yeah, you've got to kind of see, yeah, he was controlling the pace by taking it to the ground and all that, that sort of stuff. But, I'm thinking of it of the aspect of he'd managed to shut down enough of his game that Barboza was shooting for a takedown. And that speaks absolute volumes to me. Um, mm. Again, if we were to do, say, the one championship methodology of judging, uh, Paul Felder was 100% walking away with this one. And yeah, that's, that's why, true. That's why I think he managed to win that second round, because he came away a lot stronger in the end of that second round, which is that's what's going to stick in that judge's mind. 
to turn around and say either of them got 30-27, for me, is ridiculous. Yeah. We should go through the scoring. Excuse me, I didn't do that at the top. It was 29-28, 30-27, 27-30, you know, the other way. the, The judging was all over the fucking show. There was no way in hell that was a 30-27 to either of those guys. It's an absolute disrespect. They might have got confused. Well, stop shooing up to dictators then. Kicking down the card Islam Makhachev versus uh, Davi Hamoush. Uh, Makhachev walked over the unanimous decision win 29-27-30-26. Whatever. 30-26. Ramos. It is Davi Ramos. <laughs> You've been, you've, you've, been watching, you've been watching way too much flow grappling for the world championships. Every, every R is a H. It was a meh fight. I mean, Makhachev looked good. He was yep. he was allowed to look good, but that's not to say he wasn't good. Uh, solid, rightfully goes five to one now. Uh, three Good three-round performance. It was good, sort of sewed it all together, kicking, punching, backing him up. Uh, yeah, pretty Ramos much. So. Never got going. Kind of, kind of a great slow first round. Both grapplers pretty much looking to remain in the feet in the second, which is not really what you want to see. Um, but yeah, Makachev was definitely the slightly more effective striker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was a little bit sharper, a little bit faster. Um, and then you know, third round it definitely did heat up a little bit. Not still not enough to call it a great fight. Um, but yeah, uh, Makachev was definitely starting to hurt Ramos quite a little bit, and Nick um, nearly got him with a couple of little barrages, but couldn't quite lock it all up and um yeah you know as soon as ramos sort of shook it off a little bit we just sort of had to weather the storm for the end of the round yeah six fight win streak for makachev now yeah he's looking absolutely great though he he, mm. he, he looked good i'm, I'm yeah. definitely gonna take that away although it wasn't the most exciting fight but it's the same whole whole thing junior sagano will be able to uh, to vouch for this it takes two to tango that it does my friend Curtis Blades beat. He's trying so hard to try and find his next dance, but I can't find it anywhere, so I don't even know if there was one. <laughs> I want to spend I've two minutes that. just evaluating that again. So many times. Um, Curtis Blades beat Shamil. I might put it to my screen saver. <laughs> Abduri Kamov. Yeah. Oh God, Curtis Blades. Uh, he's he's. A crazy one. It's it's so so hard to to to, to gauge so for him. Consistently inconsistent. <laughs> that is the best. I mean, admittedly, you know, the 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 loss of Francis Ngannou not really inconsistent. He's it's 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 like DC with John Jones. I think I think he's always going to be that kryptonite. I think I mean, the blades is always going to be that guy. Sometimes you get those guys, you just can't, they're the, just those fucking bogey teams. You just can't get around them. Mm. Yeah. Good performance by Curtis Blades, but Shamil wasn't doing a whole lot. I mean, just great opening 90 seconds, gets him down uh, for Blades, gets his opponent down, yeah. landing strikes. At another 20 seconds, he stands up. Then they go down again. He spends the rest of the round on top of him. Big elbow, crunched up his nose. Well, Shamil was um, sort of like, previous few fights coming into this one let me just grab that up a moment because as far as yeah he his his previous fights if we if we go back to his debut at uh at ufc lost to timothy johnson not too bad mm. beat anthony hamilton beat walt harris lost to Derek lewis i mean a lot of people were back in 2016 yeah. of, you know when he was on a bit of a tear beat chase sherman you know captain space force whatever you know the the 
bare knuckle boxing heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. beat Andre Olovsky, beat Martian Tibera, and then met Curtis Blades. And a better point out, when he beat Martian Tibera, it was conclusively beat him. He absolutely yeah. destroyed him in that second round in Moscow. Mm. Uh, sorry, I think it was St. Petersburg. Moscow was the um, uh, Andre Olovsky fight. Um, you know, he was coming into this a legit contender. I think what he was like number 10 in, in, in the rankings going into this. And he did look good, but yeah. Curtis blade somehow just made him look downright average. Yeah. And it's the sign of a, I mean, Curtis blades, we sort of take the piss, but Curtis blades can wrestle like a fucking animal. He's amazing at it. He is next level just because he lost to Francis. Doesn't matter. Curtis blades is a next level wrestler. So when you go up against that mercurial Khabibi power, that fucking voodoo, mm. you can look bang average because you're trying to out-wrestle a guy who's world-class. But a good victory for Blades either way. Round two stoppage, 222. It says a lot about this next fight that neither of us decided to put any notes about it. Yeah, Diego Ferreira beat Merbek Tasimov. Unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-27, 29-27. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so-so. I, I, I really couldn't think much... Well, that one. we have a lot to talk about, and sometimes some fights don't make the cut. And when it's just a walkthrough and a guy just performs well, yeah, we'll give it note. But there's nothing interesting about it. He's just a better fighter on the night, and this, you know, the fight shows that go back and watch it. Yeah, um, moving down to the undercard. This was a fight. Yeah, I was, I was really excited. excited. I love this one. Joanne it didn't Calderwood. go the way I wanted. Didn't go the way I wanted, but uh, I mean, John Calderwood. Beat Andrea Lee. Split decision 28 29, 30 27, 29 28. Yeah, a little bit weird uh, judging on that one again, but um, <laughs> yeah, decent first round for both fighters. Um, both get going for the takedowns quite heavily. Um, Jojo, a little bit more active working off the jab, but as tight as you look, you know, it's, it was looking good for her. Um, mm-hmm. Jojo probably takes the round, having, you know, she managed to get KGB with that, um, that elbow coming off the clinch. Oh. Which was absolutely perfect, but you know, Muay Thai. Jojo is an incredible Muay Thai practitioner. She was European champion, uh, British multiple time champion. Um, you know, a little bit more dominant in the second round for Lee. Spends the first three minutes with sort of Jojo working in the clinch and just sort of smothering her quite nicely. Um, Coldwood looking good, using her Muay Thai a lot more towards the end of and uh, end of the round, uh, clinching, keeping Lee's head down. And uh, yeah, working some really nice uh, counters. And then there was that teep kick as well, which I love seeing. All it's such a basic it. little move, and it's used so well in Muay Thai. You just use it to set your distance. You're not looking to do any damage from it, but you set that distance, and then you know where you can fire from. And I think I, I did see one. I'm pretty sure it was over at one championship. But he basically teeped, and then basically just buckled his entire face. He like You can he, cut he, through he, someone's guard. The nose. It was you ridiculous. Can... You can buckle someone's guard. You can cut straight through. Very underutilized. Anyone who's yeah. played UFC 3 on the Xbox, the PS4, will know that fucking front teep kick is an absolute nightmare to come forward onto. It's a day ruiner. <laughs> it's a big win for Calderwood. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think people are sleeping on her. Andrew Lee is no pushover. Joanne Calderwood's come away with a big win. I think if Lee had won that, it would have been like, well, yeah, of course she fucking should have won. But I think it's a big win for Calderwood. Yes, that's a good pace for a flyweight division now. Mm. Which is coming splitting open a little bit as well. Um, well I was going to say, what's what's she what's she now in? So obviously, she lost to Caitlin Chukagun in the last one, but I mean, mm. she can probably start making a, a a call for a rematch on that. 
you know, if she's three for one since joining the the the, the flyweight division, I'd, I'd I'd put her up for 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 some good fights right now. Yeah, it's going to be good for her. Um, <clears throat> you want to take the one forty five er? Yeah, is it because you can't pronounce the name? Zubera Tukagov versus uh, Leron Murphy. Obviously, Murphy being the uh, I say local lad, um, but yeah, he is a Brit, so that's close enough. <laughs> I think he's from way up north from me, but uh, I mean closer to you a little bit. But yeah, um, but yeah, you know, first fight since uh, since I think May 2016 for for Zubera, um, and then obviously uh, Leron Murphy making his debut. Um, you know, searching for the right hand nice and early, Tukagov was able to score a knockdown in, in I think, what, the second minute. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Murphy just a, a pit, he, he recovered really, really nicely, managed to get his head back in the game um, and just started managing to, to, to pressure Tukagov a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Tukagov, he, 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 he was optimizing on any little break that he could find you know he was pressuring forward swarming with those strikes and just looking to to swap up the angle really nicely mm-hmm. um and and just sort of try and smother mm-hmm. uh whenever he could sort of uh manage to get that sort of body lock going on um second round Tukagov scored a couple of takedowns took uh controlled the ground action really nicely um but fair play to murphy he was shooting some really nice um submission attempts even though his back was on the mat and uh you know it kind of set up a really interesting round um, and then in the third round, uh, although at this point the heat was getting pretty ridiculous in the uh, in the arena, they were managing to to basically just burn through their gas tank. And uh, yeah, again, a, quite a lot of grappling, some really nice uh, exchanges on the feet. But um, yeah, for me, I don't I, I don't see it being a, a a split decision. I thought it was definitely a little bit more to Tukov's favour. I would have probably said maybe twenty nine twenty eight. Um, I think the way he he was just sort of dominant in the first and third rounds, uh, you know, and you could argue he was completely dominant in the second, but those submission attempts, you always have to take that into account as well. Because um, mm. although it looks like he's being dominant, he is under a great amount of strain trying to defend those submissions. So, yeah, you could kind of uh, argue that, that, that either of them could have taken that middle round. Um, but to turn around and say split decision, um, I'm not convinced. Very much. Um, Sarah Marais beat Liana. How do you pronounce that? Joua? I can't remember. Hoya? Hoya. Technical knockout, round three, 226. It was a catch weight at 138. Yeah, <clears throat> um, came in uh, came in overweight on that one. Um, but, you know, she's on a three-fight losing streak, so she kind of needed the win here. Um, but, you know, took control early in the first round and then just sort of never really gave that up. You know, she was dominating in the clinch. Um, and uh, whenever it went to the match, she was definitely the sort of more dominant grappler. And Joshua, um, yeah, she was she was just always uh, a, a step behind. She was she was happy to to, to play wherever Morris was, but she just she just couldn't set her own pace as such. So yeah, she just mm. sort of kept behind, and then that big flush right hand came over the top, and uh, um, yeah, it was it was pretty much all it was. A couple of ground strikes and. That's all she wrote. At one fifty-five, before that, we had Otman Aztier versus Paklin Timu. That this was a fucking. Azda, this knockout. was a fucking monumental knockout. This was round one, three thirty-three. What a way to make your debut! You know, it's Fuck it's just... it's a it's a great way to start. And they, to be honest, from the very beginning, both of them thrown absolute bombs. Hang on, um, bang. yeah, 
And uh, as soon as Pakalan came into that punching range, he was being rocked every single time. Big flush right hand came over the top again. And uh, yeah, Azatar moves 12 for nothing now. Uh, if you as, watch, as uh, go back and watch that fight at Timu. You watch the first time um, Azatar lands a punch. He's like, oh no, because this guy has just got fucking power in his hands. And uh, think, yeah, where's where's, where's uh, Azatar coming from? Is he coming from um, like Brave or or something I like that? I have no fucking clue. I have no clue. Uh, he's twelve to one. So yeah, he's, he's twelve and oh now though. Yeah, he's. See, I've got one place saying he's twelve for O, and then another place saying he's eleven for O. But yeah, they might not have updated that record. Mm, true, but yeah, he is. Uh, he's coming from Brave. Um, but yeah, no, really, really good fight for him. And uh, it looks like he's dropped down in weight. He used to fight a welterweight, but um, Jesus. he's he's swapped around uh, quite a bit. He was the the brave um, lightweight champion, went up to welterweight. <clears throat> so maybe he was making a run for there as well. Uh, so that's kind of good to know. He's got, we got, uh, uh, I, I do love a, a lightweight that's happy to to run up to welterweight. Potentially another fucking demon welterweight. And I mean, it's Bilal Mohammed. I quite yes, enjoy this, watching him fight this time. Takashi style, yeah, he's he's he, obviously Bilal Muhammad. I like him, I like his style, but it is very um, wrestling heavy, um, which has kind of meant that he's always kind of way down in those those prelim sort of areas. He doesn't get a, the title fights. He, well, I said mm. that he doesn't he doesn't get the headline fights. <laughs> yeah, um, but he made a good argument for why he should be there. He was he was very very dominant. His striking looked very very good. Um, you know that left hand really early on was trying to find its place, managing to rock Sato, scoring some flash knockdowns even himself, which again is unusual for Bilal Muhammad. He does have the power, sure. but he more often relies on using it when he gets down to the ground and pound. <laughs> but yeah, some really good combinations, really nice head movement, and. Um, yeah, you know, there was a couple of times where he was sort of on the back foot, but he managed to defend nicely, clear his head, get back in the action, and just be mm-hmm. absolutely dominant wherever he could. He was Round- pretty dominant throughout, like, I mean, there was that one early storm that in the, in second, the second round, round. Early in the second round. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, very patient, very good combos. Like you say, not, not if you looked at him, you wouldn't think, oh, this is a guy that's just sort of turned his striking on. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it, it was good. Got himself that that sort of knockdown in the third round. Managed to sink round to the back, getting that rear naked choke. Really, really good for him. 16 for three now as a uh, as a professional. Um, which you know he beat Melendo back in April. Before that, it was Jeff Neal. And personally, I think the that UFC... Jeff Neal, that Jeff, when everyone was like, "Oh shit, this guy really knows his stuff." Now he went off and trained in Thailand. Jeff Neal was a fucking murderer. Yeah. I was gonna say, what's, Poor old Salam Muhammad got the fucking short shrift of that shit. And got I mean, no, he, he he did it right. He did it right at least because he managed to at least survive. But then you have people like yeah. Frank Macho and Ankamozi and uh, what was it? Nico Price was the last one mm-hmm. to all be obliterated by um, um, by Jeff Neal. But that's the thing. It's I think the personally the UFC were quite happy for. Uh, allowed to to take that loss back then because like i said he's not the most exciting one and to lose to someone who is looking to be one of the top up and comers it means they can sort of bump him down to to the sort of lower viewings where people aren't going to complain about his quite heavy grappling style quite so much that's fair enough uh speaking of 170 we had muslim sakharov versus nordine taleb uh did not go on long 
No, technical knockout. With the king of kung fu. Um, yeah, he round looked, one, four twenty six. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Started off just testing his usual kicks. You know, he he is called the king of kung fu for a reason. It's because his technical library is, I think, the best way to his his uh, his his cheat combinations that he has available to him <laughs> are ridiculous mm. um and, and he was doing that uh, but the thing that worked was just the classic straight right coming over the top of uh, a bit of a overreaching taleb and uh, yeah managed to catch him on the jaw dropped him to the mat didn't even try and follow it up he was done yeah really, really good performance for, for, for salikov another dagestani looking to make uh, some absolute moves Amari uh, Akhmedov, I'll start that again. Amari Akhmedov beat Zach Cummins, unanimous decision, 30 27, 30 27, 29 28, up at 185, second fight of the night. Yeah, pretty much the, the only time that Cummins was really in the match was that quick flash knockdown at the beginning of the first round. After that, Akhmedov just took absolute control, getting those takedowns, working the groundwork really nicely. Not the most exciting fight, but really, really solid performance from Akhmedov after getting rocked so early. But it did come after Don Madge versus Farasam, which was not a good fight to open the card with, no, frankly. Absolute grinder. It's even I kind of struggle with this one. Um, fair play to Madge, South African you know, guy. He 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 gets himself the win, goes two for nothing. But um, yeah, pretty much just working the clinch on the map. Just really wasn't that exposed, uh, explosive as he was, say, against Ty Edwards. Um, and that was it. Yeah. But Did he you just like basically the event? shut down Ziam entirely. For the large part, yes. There was a couple of moments where I was, I, you know, I was starting to flag a little bit. And unfortunately, they were early on. Um, but yeah, yeah started like you know eight, I was actually, I was actually really, really uh, uh, engrossed in the um, the Paul Felder, Barboza, and the, the Khabib fight. I, yeah. I, I took really close attention to that one. I loved, loved those fights. I thought they were really good. To- you want to kick over to Bellator 226? I mean, it was a great event until the fucking main Czech fight. No, it wasn't even the main fight. It was just Czech Congo. Being yeah. A bit of a bitch. So if you haven't heard the heavyweight, it was the, the card was headlined by <clears throat> heavyweight fight, Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo. It was heavyweight fight, heavyweight championship. <laughs> yeah. It ended in a no contest for a massive inverted commas. I poked from Bader 30. Uh, excuse me, uh, three minutes 51 of the first round. Ryan Bader had dominate, dominated the fight up until then, really dominated, knocking him yeah. up, knocking him down, taking him to the ground, doing his work. And then and then he, he, his nose got picked. Well, and then Ryan Bader puts the hand over Czech Congo's mouth, as you would do to pressure and move your opponent around and land an elbow. And the Czech Congo starts motioning to his eye. And I've seen the replay. Ryan Bader's thumb went into Czech Congo's nose. I think so, Congo took the easy way out after he pushed Ryan Bader at the fucking weigh-ins and then started getting pieced up. Yeah, no, 100%. Not I 100% agree. There was, oh, there was no Rampage pain. Jackson stormed the fucking cage. Yeah, that was he funny. trained with Congo. That was so funny. Oh, Bellator, come along. <laughs> I mean, it's still not as bad as some of the crap you see over the UFC, but... No, nah, but it's just like... At least, at, least, at least Brock Lesnar didn't show up. At least, be at least it was B. A. Baracus from the new re- from the reboot, not Brock Lesnar. Yeah, oh, I miss that. Everyone forgets about the A team. <laughs> no one forgets the A team. Uh, before that, we <laughs> no, had everyone forgets <laughs> about Quinton Jackson 
in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I had to go back and rewatch that when someone told me. Um, Flyweight Grand Prix, Derek Campos beat Daniel Strauss, unanimous decision, 30-26, 30-25, 30-25, about as really, dominant as they come. Really, really dominant uh, decision for, um, for for Campos and obviously over ex-champion Daniel Strauss. Early mm-hmm. in the first round, Strauss managed to, 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 to slip after getting hit by that strike. Um, and then from there, Campos just worked Strauss over on the floor for pretty much the entire round. Um, and from there, Campos knew exactly what he was uh, looking to be doing. Get it down to the ground, work that, uh, uh, work that sort of uh, top, top heavy um, pressure, um, and uh, yeah, nearly submit him a couple of times, which mm-hmm. was was quite ridiculous. Uh, but fair play to Strauss; he managed to hang in there quite a little bit, um, even though he did lose a couple of ten eight rounds um, over over that fight. But yeah, Campos' uh, yeah, win snapped that free fight losing streak he was having, um, and uh, to be honest. He used to fight a lightweight. He's definitely looking a lot better as a light, uh, as, as a featherweight. So um, yeah, excited to see what he's he, he goes up against in the, uh, the the quarterfinals. I don't know. I haven't looked at the brackets. I don't know if it is a standard bracket or if they just choose next. Mm. Um, but one of the potentials he could be going up against is uh, Adam Borix. He beat Pat Current. Uh, this is the guy that um, fucking karate kidded uh, Aaron Pico. Yeah, yeah, very very right? recently. Yeah. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, another former champion, Pat Current. He got an early exit coming out of this one. Um, Boric just uh, started to assert himself and then came in with that flying knee late into the second round, managed to drop Current. A couple of flurries uh, on the ground, um, which was ended by the bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frank Drake just turned around and went, you know what? I'm not letting you start the last fight, uh, the last round. Um, and uh, yeah. Pat Curran, and now, right? not looked, yeah, Pat Curran did not look good coming out of this one. And yeah, Barks now goes 14 for 0, moves on to the uh, to the uh, semifinals there. Oh, no, to the quarterfinals, because I've just realized <laughs> there is another four fights for the Grand Prix at 226. So, yeah, there's more of that going on. Uh, Pedro Carveo beat uh, Sam Cecilia by uh, face crank in 1 minute 56 to the second round. Um, Carveo proved that he is going to be one of these sort of dark horse of the tournament, submitting an absolute veteran. Um, and yeah, dominated most of the fight, wearing Cecilia out really nicely on the feet, locking in that fight, uh, and then uh, locking up uh, that, that submission right at the end. Really, really good performance from him. There's so many great fighters, com- not coming out of, but there's so many great fighters in this Grand Prix. Look yeah, at no, it. It's, it is absolutely stacked. There now, is... I know the the guys that have lost, you know, you had Pat Curran in there, you had Daniel Strauss in there, um, fucking Adam Borix is just on a fucking tear. Pedro yeah. Cavallo, it's watch fucking Bellator. Yeah, God and then damn. there's uh, well, <laughs> as well, Emmanuel Sanchez beat Tywin Claxon uh, with triangle choke, four minutes, 11 into second round. Claxon, again, really, really successful takedowns really early on, uh, but was he just couldn't really do much on the ground. He couldn't really do any damage. Um, mm. And in the second round, that takedown was actually what ruined it for him because then Sanchez managed to, uh, you know, Sanchez was able to lock up a, a really nice triangle choke. And um, yeah, it, it took a while. He was trying to stretch it for a while, pulling down on the mm. head, couldn't quite get the angle, but it was hip escaping or shrimping as some sort of know it, and managing to get that underhook on the opposing leg 
and really sink it in that uh, that managed to to, to get a uh, tap there for Emmanuel Sanchez. Really, really good performance. Um, and then the kind of alternative, but not really being confirmed as the alternative, we had da- Daniel Carey beat uh, Gaston Bolanos. Uh, with guillotine choke, four minutes 15 in round one. Slightly unusual guillotine choke because it's an arm in one as well. So it means you have sort of this going on. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a dar spot on your feet. The best way. Oh, yeah, it. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, you, you have, you, you're kind of limited a little bit on where you can uh, apply a bit of that pressure, but, you know, you could potentially use that extra arm to, to make everything a little bit tighter. But yeah, really, really good performance there for, for Kerry. Really, really dominating. And uh, yeah, looking good. Should we blow through the undercard? There's not much. No, not a massive amount. Uh, John Teixeira beat uh, Ashley Grimshaw. Um, well, I think that was a doctor's stoppage at the end of round two. Uh, Adam Piccolotti beat uh, Jacob Smith, Rene Choke round two. Jessica Borgia beat uh, Amber Laybrock, Armbar round one. Caspell beat Asaya Rocha versus, uh, by Guillotine Choke round one. Um, yeah. Go on. Uh, uh, Read it. Barrel, Adajva George beat uh, James Terry by Bulldog Choke in round one. Renato Alves beat Abraham Vassal in uh, Rene Choke. Uh, Haider Amil beat Ignacio Ortiz. That's a great name, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some fucking Harry Potter shit. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Ignacio. Could like one of the three Preveril brothers. Come on, Rob. Was it Ignacio? I didn't realise he was Spanish. Well, I mean, in like El Harry Potter. <laughs> El Christopher Harry... Gonzalez beat Luis Vargas by unanimous decision. Expelliarmos, depending, depending on whether you're firing at a woman or a man. So that was a language joke. That's the high class humour you get on this show. <laughs> it, it was Ignotus as well, not Ignatius. Prick. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> and it all comes crumbling down. Right. It's never built. <laughs> what are we at? 40 minutes. You want to look forward there? I mean, there's not a massive amount to look forward to. Oh, actually, I will quickly do a, just a couple of items from one championship. So this week they oh, had right. Immortal Triumph. Triumph, Triumph, Triumph. Which was in uh, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. Um, big one. Nongo oh. Yankado, who was obviously the um, uh, one Muay Thai bantamweight champion, he beat um, Haggerty to to take that belt from him. Was it Haggerty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Haggerty, Jay Haggerty. Um, and uh, yeah, really, really good performance from him. He managed to get a win uh, to, to to retain his belt. Um, let's see what else we had. Um, Anderson Silva, but not that one. Um, in a kickboxing bout. This, this, by the, by the way, this one was pretty much an entire Muay Thai and kickboxing one. So if you just want to go back and watch some striking, go and do this. Basically, if you complained at all about the Khabib fight, go and watch one. They like to hurt each other. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, an exciting one. Killer B Nguyen. Uh, obviously, she's been making a couple of runs at uh, um, in MMA at the moment. She had. Uh, 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 a Muay Thai fight as well. And she managed to come away with the split decision win on that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of English fighters as well. Only, unfortunately, only uh, only one of them came away with a win. Michael Pham right at the bottom there beat uh, Mohamed Fakhri. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair play to uh, Lipiansky. She lost to Amber Kitchen by split decision. Could have gone either way as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then Santino Verbeek beat uh, Englishman Juan Cervantes. Doesn't sound English, I know, but... You know. <laughs> 
you know how it is. But uh, yeah, that was a majority decision win there as well all in, uh, in kickboxing. But yeah, really, really a good one, actually. Mm, yeah, go and check it out on the uh, app. And we don't have to talk about one for a while now. They haven't got another event until October 13th. That's October, yeah. I was, I was looking when I was but doing that's, the notes that's for this a big show. One because it's, it's part of their century, which is going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> because they're, they're basically doing it in two parts, which I don't know really how they're working it. I don't know whether it's just one in the morning, one in the evening. I don't know, but I'm just going to do a quick rundown of it just because it is fucking ridiculous. Headline in part one will be Angela Lee versus Zhang Jingnan for the women's atom weight. Obviously, Zhang Love that. Uh, Jingnan and Angela Lee have fought before, but that was for the strawweight title. Um, also on there, Demetrius Johnson versus Danny Kingad for the flyweight. Love that. Eddie Alvarez versus uh, Arles Laniev for the Fond lightweight title. Um, who, have we, who else have we got? Janet Todd. Uh, obviously Muay Thai um, Sam Gyanghado that's going to be a really good one uh, Angalan Fanny uh, Rika Ishiga she is really exciting one to watch uh, mm-hmm. Fo4 he's a really great one to watch he's the one that trains under Lang San and speaking yes. of who he's going to be headlining part two uh, against Brandon Vera for the one uh, light heavyweight championship Bibiano Fernandez versus Kevin Bellingon for the atom weight uh, for the bantam weight championship mm-hmm. uh rotang jipongnon versus um uh goncalves for the uh muay thai flyweight championship which i've just realized that's the guy to beat Haggerty actually uh, uh. petrosian versus sammy sana that's going to be amazing because that's going to be for the featherweight grand prix final uh mm-hmm. shinya yoki versus honorio benario uh, that's gonna be Mario, I've just realized mario cerilli so obviously he's the one that beats um uh what's his name the panther uh Ungalani um last time he's going to be going up against Arjan Bula who's making his debut over at one so that's going to be a great one to watch as well and then Mei Yamaguchi and then basically lightweight featherweight flyweight and strawweight the Pancrase versus Shuto champion <sighs> fucking try it out big games big names <laughs> yeah so let's look forward not quite that far but to uh Cerrone <laughs> versus Gaethje where is it taking place can you remember not a fucking clue. Somewhere in America. Good call. Uh, <laughs> 100% right in the sense that it was actually Canada. No, it wasn't. Was it really? Yeah, it's Vancouver. That <laughs> <laughs> so you were wrong. Oh, man. Don Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje. That's worth a ticket price alone, surely. Yeah, that's that's actually going to be a great one to watch, I think. Pick him. Pick him. I, I think it's going to be a submission win for Cerrone. You salty bastard. Yeah. Be, salty. I don't know. If, I can just but think if Justin Gaethje wins, he's definitely put himself in a good place. I wouldn't say in a top place because obviously he does have, yeah, he did have those two straight losses to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got Glover Teixeira versus Nikita Krylov. That's a fight. Like that one. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Nikita Krylov. Yeah. Probably third round knockout. Yeah, I think you'll back him up and do work. Tire him out, yeah. Uh, Duffy, Jeff Hughes, I'm going to go with a very boring decision win for Todd Duffy. Sounds about right. Michelle Pereira versus TBD. I like this TBD guy. Yeah, he he's making absolute games. Uh, wait, I where are you thinking that? Because uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the latest, and Pereira uh, has oh. been dropped from the card. 
Oh no, oh. Potentially, uh, potentially Tristan Connolly. Oh. As of neat today. Was neat. That announced. Yeah. Uh, you're right, Hall's on that card. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, oh, Misha Kirkinov, he's fighting Jimmy Crute. That's Jimmy going to be a good one, actually. Jimmy Crute's a bit of a killer. He's on a, what, 10 for nothing? Beat Sam <laughs> Alvey on his last one? Beat Paul Craig before that? Yes, did beat Sam Alvey on his last one. Shit, yeah. Um, Martin Tybura versus Augusta Sakai. Sakai that's going to be pretty decent. I quite like Sakai. I like watching him. He beat... There's a couple um, of sleeper fights on this card, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Uh, uh, there's ones that could be seriously boring as well though brad katona hunter azure hunter azure is a good one to watch actually he's the one i recommended people keep an eye on um from dana white's contender series a couple of weeks back oh um, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah he's although he's the only one that didn't get a knockout to get a contract he's the only one i felt put on a great performance do you know what i mean mm-hmm. lewis smoker um, versus ryan mcdonald mm. <laughs> yeah I, I'm I've 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 flip flopped about Smoker a fair because yeah, obviously he looked great in his first run. Um, I say great on his first run at UFC until he bre- uh he met Marino. Then he obviously lost to Marino, lost to Borg, lost to Tim Elliott, and then Matthias Nicolau. That's true. You know, he's Rob. I don't know. He's because obviously, and he's on his second run at the UFC. He's yeah. one for one. He's either going to be too crazy and ruin it for himself or really boring, but. And ruin it for everyone else. You know, (laughs) yeah, that is literally, I think he's either going to ruin it for himself or ruin it for everyone. Rob, it's getting hot in here. Oh, is it? Play the jingle. Christ. (laughs) JDS versus Volkov agrees to take place before the end of the year. I mean, I'm hoping it's on a ballroom. Oh. Ballroom Fight League. We got to get in here. We're Cigar- missing a trick. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Sagano is a dancer now. You don't you don't shadow box like that approaching a blonde woman. Um, and, and Greg Hardy. <laughs> wow. What? Don't you fucking wow. You're <laughs> always on that shit. No, I'm just pissed off that you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a good fight, I think. Yeah, no, I can agree with that one. Um, we kind of scratched off the next couple. Um, oh, my God. Did you see the Gonzalez leg break at Bellator 226? I did. That was really ridiculous. That was right at the beginning, wasn't it? That was like mm-hmm. the first fight. Mm, I yeah, believe that was. Yeah, I'm just having that, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, not great, not great. Um, fucking, have you seen uh, uh, Ruiz Jr. ahead of his rematch? He is looking Anthony chunky. Oh, thick with a capital double, triple C. Wow. Um, Anthony Joshua just looks like he's had some... Yeah, he looks of... like he's dropped down to a middleweight. He looks tiny. Like, mm. absolutely tiny. Not as aggressively jacked as before, is he? Yeah, true. Um, ooh, so this is one you put, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna skip that for a moment because that's gonna be quite a discussion point. Um, okay, yeah. uh, has been suspended after USADA violations before and after the Greg Hardy fight. I mean, <laughs> what was he taking to still look that bad up against Greg Hardy? The only <laughs> I the only... always think there's a certain poetic irony of a guy that only... fucking juices and loses. But the only thing I can think he was taking was probably heroin. Mercury. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he he just had some heavy metal poisoning. <laughs> that is the more likely aspect of it. Uh, Brad Tavares says he was offered Anderson Silva for UFC uh, ESPN Plus 20. Really? Supposedly. Okay. that's. I mean, that would be a great fight for Brad Tavares. Yeah, it wouldn't be a fucking great fight for, mind you. Hmm. Anderson, what's Anderson Silva got left to do, really? What's this? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just seeing something. Logan Paul and KSI 2. Count Dylan Dennis in. Oh, Looks he wants to fight... He wants to fight some fucking YouTuber as well. Let him. I don't give a fuck about that. Oh, against that. Jake Paul. <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be one person who can't box against another person who can't box. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, oh, God. I hope Dylan Dennis posts some more stuff on his Instagram. I, I, don't, even, I don't even see it. Uh, oh, have you seen uh, Darren Till? Has, have you seen how he's looking? Oh, he's looking like a fucking demon. That's (laughs) scary, but I think Gaslam's going to catch him. Yeah, I think Gaslam's going to win that fight. I don't know if we referenced this on a show that actually made it to air, but uh, Joanna Young-Jacek's fighting the Karate Hottie soon. Yes. Yeah, Michelle Waterson, that's going to be a good one. Weekend after Tampa, Florida? Uh, Let's have a look-see. Let me try and find... uh... I I just realised I I was on a hot take and it's definitely not going to find that on there. (laughs) Oh my god. UFC 244. Do you know what it's currently being referenced as? Go on. Masvidal versus Diaz. Yeah, we covered this last week. Yeah, I know, but it looks like it's going to be the headline. Oh, really? Yeah, because obviously it's it's, Ah. it's for a belt. I air quote. Yeah, that The Rock's going to put on Masvidal if he wins. (sighs) I'm down for it. Usually that shit would annoy me, but I'm fucking... I'm down, I'm for, down it. for it. But as far as I'm concerned, they need to fight in the car park. Fucking do it. It's where this see. fight is destined to take place. Do you want a recommended read? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. This week we have UFC 242 editorial by Jordan Breen for bloodyelbow.com on the cruciality of an eagle and a boogeyman. And it's a really great long read, actually, just lauding and actually properly explaining why fans and moreover the sport of MMA needs El Kukui versus uh, the Eagle, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, It's good. It's really well written. Uh, Jordan Breen's definitely a guy whose stuff you should be reading because he does a fucking cracking long read. Uh, Yeah, check it out. We will link in the description below. Come on, let's talk about it. Okay, so... Kadarov was at UFC 242. Um, if you're not familiar with his work, um, he is not not a fan of the gays. And, um, or anyone. Or he likes anyone. genocide, hates gays, likes yeah. fighting. Now you can also likes making up. kids fight. Did you know about this? He uh, he was once yeah, actually in trouble with, uh, with Vladimir Putin for putting on uh, a, a fight for Ahmed FC, which is obviously his own fight club sort of thing. Um, and he had people under the age of 12 fighting and not in gear. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, but he also happens to be... But he does own a Lamborghini Reventon, so... Well, so yeah, six of one, half a dozen bruised children on the other. Um, he was at UFC 242... He's the Russian ambassador to um, Saudi Arabia, uh, not Saudi Arabia, uh, United Arab Emirates. The United Arab Emirates, and um, that's fine. Like whatever, Putin went to the World Cup final, and um, he's a fucking war criminal as well. And um, 
Kadarov was celebrating with Khabib Nurmagomedov, and the UFC chose not to show him. Uh, now that's for me, cons- the UFC was sensible because think about it: what they will use that footage for is promotion. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely happy. With, I know that we've had this conversation in detail around the time of the McGregor uh, Nurmagomedov fight. Um, Kadarov is a very unsavory character and the UFC's choice to A, hold an event in the United Arab Emirates and B, edit out one of their champions celebrating with a fucking war criminal does not sit well with with me. I get it. Would you rather they showed him celebrating with a war criminal? Yeah, I would, yeah. So that people know. I love Khabib and I love that he's been afforded opportunities. And I get... At least they showed him celebrating with David, though. Sometimes, to get to where you want to be, you have to make those choices. But let's at least have that conversation. Let's at least allow our audience to have a conversation. Oh, but no, we're holding it in a uh, new dictatorship, so we can't be having any edgy thoughts. It doesn't sit well with me. And I get it. I'm a soccer fan. I mean, they had the fucking most... World Cup. I get it. Say most in America is well. Any any they hold here now, right now, is a, a near dictatorship. Um, we don't yeah. have a government right now. <laughs> no, we don't. <clears throat> but we're lucky not. We're lucky enough not to have characters like Kadarov given carte blanche very, very the true. fuck they want. So yeah. I don't know. It doesn't sit well. There's a gr- another great bloody elbow piece that we're going to link in that will explain it probably better than we just did. Uh, but I really recommend it. Given a read, and if you're a fan of the sport educate yourself to the stuff that goes on behind the curtains nice rob what else do we have my friend i'm gonna go back we've mentioned him a little bit earlier on junior de santos uh my <gasps> recommended watch is gonna do we be have another UFC. one no we don't oh don't build me up like that <laughs> but we are gonna see him dance with kane velasquez nice going back to ufc uh, on fox the very very first one Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, like I said, JDS versus Cain Velasquez for the uh, for the championship there. Um, also on that one, Benson Henderson, Clay, Clay Guida, which you know is very much a what year is it fight? <laughs> Anytime you see Clay Guida, anyway. <laughs> Dustin Poirier was on there. Ricardo Lamos, Cub Swanson, uh, Peralta, not Peralta from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some really really good fights on that one. So uh, yeah, go and check that out. Awesome. Rob, we're all done, my friend. It's another week. Yep, we've only uh, we've only offended like fourteen million people today. So, well, war criminals and wife beaters. Frankly, if that's who we're offending, bring it on. Put on a fucking t-shirt. This has been <laughs> this has been them's fighting words. I've been Sam Bradley. I've been Robert Hughes. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>